Hello and welcome to the Convenience Mix podcast brought to you by conveniencestore.co.uk, Lumina Intelligence and The Grocer. Every four weeks, we will be dissecting the key trends impacting the UK convenience and retail sector, sharing exclusive insight and of course our own views on the hot topics of the day. Whether you work on the shop floor or in a head office, this podcast will provide you with actionable insights and best-in-class examples from across a thriving convenience sector. As always, please don't forget to subscribe via Apple, Spotify or your preferred streaming platform so you don't miss out any of the episodes. For those still unfamiliar with my dulcet tones, my name is Ronan Hegarty and I'm the news editor at The Grocer. As per usual, I'm joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Blonnie Whist, Insight Director at Lumen Intelligence. Hi, Blonnie. Hello, Ronan. And Aidan Fortune, Editor of ConvenienceStore.co.uk. Hi there, Aidan. Hey there, Ronan. So, I don't wish to panic anyone, but it's now less than three months until Christmas. As always, as happens every year, I have no clue what to get my nearest and dearest, but hopefully most convenience store retailers are a little more prepared than I am. But this Christmas is likely a bit more challenging than normal, given the supply issues the industry is already facing and how they may impact further. And also, as last year was a lockdown festive season, it's not exactly clear how consumers will behave now that restrictions have been lifted, but COVID cases remain high. We'll get into all that in more detail shortly. But first, I spoke to leading independent retailer Susan Connolly, Sales and Marketing Director at Connolly Spar. So, Susan, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. That's okay, no problem at all. Excellent. So, uh, we're looking at now, we're the sort of end of September, we've just about three months to go until Christmas. How are your plans coming along? Um, for us, we're really behind. Um, since the beginning of COVID last year, we sort of never sort of caught up with ourselves and now we've got availability issues. Um, so we're really behind. So Christmas has only made it in our store this week. Um, we're just sort of chasing our tail all the time. Obviously, the main orders of confectionery and things from, from our wholesaler spa, um, went in months ago. Um, but all the other bits that we do of literally just making it store and I'm still buying for this Christmas. And when would you typically start planning? I mean, what, what would it sort of, how would it look like in a normal year? Uh, typically I'd start in March, um, decide what my range was going to be, where I was going to source it from, how much I can store. Um, so yeah, typically all my plans are done in March for the, uh, for the following year. Okay. And how big a, how big a deal is it? How important is it for your overall sort of trading in the year? Uh, it, it became more important last year. So it's always been a huge, um, trading period. Um, it, it, it always has, uh, last minute purchases, um, the alcohol when they come out from the parties, um, bits and nibbles of parties. Obviously last year <clears throat> we were still really, um, really, really busy. Um, we were 26% up year on year, but that wasn't people going to parties. It was just more people sent home, cooking from fresh, drinking more at home. So currently we're running at 12%. So we are planning a big Christmas this year with non non food items. Um, and yeah, how do you how do you see it differing this year to compared to, compared to last when you know we it was a very different Christmas for all of us. This year we've had obviously recently had the news of uh, ASDA um, limiting their customers the amount of alcohol they buy. So we've preempted that. We already have a car cargo container in our car park, so we've bought a second one <laughs> to go in the car park to stop part of the alcohol. Uh, and last year, it was very apparent that there was a gifting opportunity in store. Now, we only dabbled in it last year, but this year we've gone absolutely full hog and got a whole gondola end to gifting. It's just those ag- 
<clears throat> ad hoc purchases and incremental sales that we need to boost our sales. Absolutely. And sort of in terms of the sort of key categories, what is it that you think will be will be big wins for particularly for convenience this year? Uh, key categories, definitely alcohol um, with the pressures coming ahead. Weirdly, if you can get water, I still see that continuing. There's a massive problem with water in the malts. But anything unusual, lots of our shoppers come in and it's, it's about that surprise and delight element. So they may see a gift and they're not, they sort of range up to £20. So they're not huge. Uh, amounts of money and it's just about topping up that basket spend and getting that basket spend higher are you planning anything sort of special activity in the community i mean how how big a deal is it for you and your sort of customers to get together at christmas Uh, again until last year it wasn't um last year we how we managed i don't know we we planned it in the last sort of week of november we had a christmas carol service we had the local vicar come outside the store and he did a church service outside the store then we had um, free more wine and mince pies. On every day of December last year, we did an advent calendar, so it would be a, a smart camera one day. And some days it may be smaller gifts, but every single day you just have to like and share the post on um, Facebook. We also went out delivering food parcels on Christmas Eve to families that were not as fortunate. Any food that was fresh, that was going out of, out of date, um, we delivered that. And we actually delivered presents to the children as well. So customers created shoe boxes. So when we gave out the meals and the food to the parents, actually there were some gifts for the children as well. Not necessarily brand new gifts. It might have been secondhand, but they were just shoe boxes. Uh, and we sort of did girls and boys in different ages. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that again this year. And also last year for the first time, we shut for Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Due to COVID, it was just a really nice way of paying back our staff. You can't give them family time. Um, and it's okay giving them bonus for all the work they did. But actually closing the store was uh, was a big decision, but we did it. And the business hasn't suffered for it. So we'll be doing the same again this year. Because although we're sort of, we're coming out of COVID, the, it, we haven't stopped in 18 months as retailers. Uh, and it's just about giving the whole entire company just those two days at Christmas to sort of rest and recoup uh, and spend some time with family. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I was, I was saw that all of the, a lot, oh, well, not, maybe not all, but a lot of the, the big supermarkets are, are saying that they're now going to do the same to thank their staff to, to close yeah. on Boxing Day. I was just wondering if that then changes your mindset in any way. You think maybe there's an opportunity there that it's, it's worth opening. I will be honest, it did. <laughs> it really, really did. But again, we did it last year to thank our staff and they, they've worked so incredibly hard. Uh, it's all it's just about getting the messaging out and letting people know in advance so we had um, big banners outside the store and they went up on the 1st of December so every single day we were saying to our customers we're shut on these days we're shut on these days so they could prepare um, and the customers were really really good about it and like I said the figures didn't uh, reflect sort of a drop in sales or anything like that we, we were still 26% up so yeah so I did think about it but no I'm going to stay shut. Excellent. And uh, of course, you know, we could talk about the opportunities, you know, and how important it is. But the elephant in the room, of course, is the current supply crisis and, and stuff like that. So how, how do you see that impacting trading? And, and what are you, what are the big concerns for you at this point? It, it is a massive concern for everybody. I think the problem is we can't predict it. So you're either going to get it really, really right or you're going to get it really, really wrong. Um, like I said, we've got a second container. So what I will do is I'm looking at my sales from last year. So what was my te- top 50 20 products from last year in like soft drinks, alcohol, and actually stock up on those problem, uh, those products. Because you know, if you haven't got one type of beer, somebody will drink another type of beer, but it's just about having that. So we're concentrating on our, depending on what category, top 20, 50 sellers, and just literally whacking the volumes of those to try and counteract, yeah, the shortages, which I, I think we've got, as we independent retailers, we've got slightly more control than Tesco's. 
uh, and, the, and the other malts. So hopefully it's a win. If not, I've got an awful lot of stocks I need to get rid of. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm lucky enough I've got the space for a container. But just look at the top sellers from last year based on last year. It's not going to be too dissimilar from last year. Um, there may be a few more parties, so you might need more alcohol and nibbles. But based on your figures from last year and just make sure you've got the essentials. Yeah. Uh, and are you seeing shoppers sort of start to ch- change their behaviour ahead of this Christmas? Are they, are they coming into you sort of mentioning that they're, they're worried about supplies and starting to stockpile? I think we've started mentioning it to our customers more than they do to us. So we have slabs of soft drinks, 24s on offer. And we've told our customers we've got enough to keep us going until Christmas. But we're sort of with the gift and we can tell even with the first few days, people are buying little and often just storing it. So I wouldn't say that they're, they're panic buying and storing loads, but I think they just buy an extra bottle of um, soft drink uh, and put it away for now, extra packet of crackers, something that won't go out of date, not perishable. So I think there is there is an element of that, yes. The big issue we've got is turkeys. We do turkeys at Christmas, fresh from the butchers. The problem is with them, the uh, butchers can't pin down a price because no one will commit to turkeys yet. So turkeys is going to be a problem this year, I think, more than anything else. Absolutely. I mean, we're hearing that across the board. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, thanks for joining us now, Susan. And and, and let's hope some of these issues that, that, that sort of present themselves now can, can resolve themselves in the round of Christmas. And it's something we can all celebrate. Some great insight there on uh, how things are looking for retailers. So to kick off our discussion, Blonnie, tell us a little about how consumers are approaching Christmas this year. Yeah, it's so interesting. And we have already started speaking to consumers about their Christmas intentions. And actually, I was a bit surprised because 6% of consumers have already purchased some kind of food and drink products for Christmas. 10% are definitely going to purchase food and drink Christmas product before the end of October. And 18% are probably going to. So that's over a third of people who are kind of likely to have done some food and drink shopping before November. And that's actually quite a sizable chunk. Probably this is driven by the memory of shortages. And I thought it was really interesting that Susan predicts that this year will largely be the same as last year in terms of consumer patterns. So based on this, I had a look back at what consumers were doing this time last year and therefore what might happen this year. So what we did see last year was a big spike in crisps and snacks. So especially things like multi and grab packs. Fresh products also did really, really well. They saw a big spike over Christmas and were actually the number one product over December key weeks. And what we didn't really see at Christmas was soft drink sales or particularly lots of BWS. So we saw energy drinks, cola drinks and spirits all under index versus average convenience levels. Also, last year wasn't such a premium boom that many people forecast that it would be. We saw household budgets come under more pressure. We saw consumers expressing more caution and actually premium products were less in demand. So we saw that 42% were likely or very likely to trade up in 2019 and that fell to just 22% in 2020. But what we did see is increased growing attention to consumer trends. And we think that that will continue to grow this year as well. So we saw dairy-free and gluten-free shoppers having a higher share of food-to-go missions over the Christmas period. And overall, vegetarians made up a huge share of all convenience occasions. 
So this year, I think it will be equally important to cater to those kinds of missions, those kinds of consumers with supplier and operator Christmas ranges. Excellent. So it sounds like people are a lot more prepared than me. Uh, Aidan, how how you see things developing this year? Well, we're definitely seeing an early and often approach when it comes to Christmas shopping. Um, products are already in the shops and customers are picking them up now. That doesn't necessarily mean they're being kept to one side until Christmas actually happens. But shoppers are embracing the share size packs of confectionery and snacks and going back for more, which is good news for, for the retailers. I, I know I'm certainly guilty of picking up a you know share size pack of chocolate and um it doesn't last a week weekend, let alone until December 25th. So retailers, they're in a position where they could be selling a lot more uh, over a longer period of time and they need to be ready for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the key differences this year um, compared to last, of course, is uh, it's a lack of uh, COVID restrictions. We were very much in a in a lockdown period last Christmas. Uh, in fact, obviously, last minute plans all changed and things like that. But uh, this time we're looking at much, hopefully, you know, a longer period of celebrations for retailers to capital, capitalize on. I mean, I absolutely love Christmas, but for me, the day itself isn't the big feel and end all. It's very much the uh, the run up, you know, catching up with friends for drinks, popping over to friends and relatives' houses. You know, in the past, my Christmas party season has been known to start, say, around mid-November, possibly even earlier. Um, so how do you think that affects, um, you know, what retailers should be looking at and how they can they capitalise? Um, well, it, it's interesting what Blondie said about premiumization and alcohol sales because I really feel that retailers need to be looking at their alcohol section for this Christmas and making sure it's ready for the festive season. Just because the pubs are back open properly doesn't mean that everyone will be flocking to them. Um, the fact that there's more flexibility for flexibility for parties at home means retailers will need to be on it when it comes to beers, wines, and spirits. Um, just to, again to contradict Blani, I really think premiumization will be key, key this year as people look for that cocktail bar experience in their living rooms. Um, there, there was recent data that value sales of premium spirits grew more than twice that of total spirits over the past year. And um, speaking to Pernod Ricard recently, they really think that try something new mentality will come into play big time this Christmas. So I really think retailers will, will need to offer a more varied and premium range as we approach the party season. I don't know if it's even disagreeing, to be honest. I think last year's Christmas was arguably cancelled for lots of the country and many people weren't in a mood to celebrate. And I don't think that this year will be the same. I think that this year people will be even happier to be with family, friends that they missed out on last year. Um, so I do think that this year is the year that we'll see that return of premiumization that I think we missed out on last year. And I think with that, we'll see more top-up shopping as well. Um, and they're the ones that are really associated with the highest spend, whether it's planned top-up shopping or maybe more distressed top-up shopping. Um, and in terms of what consumers are planning to buy, I totally agree. I think we'll see all the classics. Uh, so two in three consumers are planning on stocking up on confectionery before uh, before the end of October and over half also alcohol. So I do think these will be really, really important for this Christmas. And it's also you mentioned the um, that maybe the uncertainty around financial situations came into play a lot last year um, hopefully that's less of an issue this year um, and that people can feel more comfortable in splashing out a little bit more over Christmas. Absolutely and of course just because Covid restrictions have been lifted we're still sort of far from normal um, in terms of you know what's going on in, in grocery and in the whole industry really we can't pretend that uh, supply chains are anything close to firing on all cylinders uh, so what are retailers supposed to do when it comes to planning? 
Should they be talking to their customers already, give warning them about potential supply issues, encouraging them to stock up a little more of them? But, you know, does that potentially um, create a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Well, we've seen how well um, telling people not to panic buy has gone recently. Um, and nobody wants to be the person who's responsible for ruining Christmas, do they? Um, I would suggest a soft approach. Speaking to customers is the way to go. You know, simple stock up now messages um, for now. And then once Halloween is maybe out of the way, get a little bit more aggressive with Christmas marketing towards your customers without worrying people. Um, just kind of keep it front of mind without, you know, dire warnings of no, uh, no, no Christmas turkeys are, are when the big day hits. Yeah, and just to add to that, the consumers that we've spoken to, actually 54% of them are at least somewhat worried about product shortages ahead of Christmas. So I think it is that messaging around reassuring what what there is, but as Aidan said, also encouraging them to stock up on, on products that are more at risk. And, and when we looked at consumers that were more worried versus less worried, we actually saw this interesting U-shape of younger and older consumers actually being the ones who were relatively less concerned about product shortages. So I don't know what those age groups are doing right or wrong to be to be less concerned, but maybe we should take a leaf out of their books. Absolutely. And of course, the danger of uh, stockpiling things like confectionery from a consumer perspective, certainly as opposed to stockpiling lural, is you're going to be far more tempted to dive in and get stuck into your confectionery well before the Christmas uh, party season kicks in. So you'll absolutely go back there anyway. Yeah, definitely. That's a concept that we talked about quite a lot, actually, at the start of lockdown is the product expandability. Um, so we saw that, as you said, Chris and snacks, confectionery um, and, and soft drinks, that the more you have, the more you consume. But but some products such as household cleaners, actually, you can't get through them that quickly. I thought it was really interesting in my interview with Susan, how, you know, she uh, she said that up until last year, when, you know, we were in a very different situation with, with the COVID pandemic, that they really hadn't put too much of a focus on running special community-based events around Christmas. I guess that's very understandable, very busy time for retailers. Um, but all that changed last year and, and there wasn't much more sense of trying to do things in their community, be a focal point. You know, is this something C-Stores should be looking at to cement their place, you know, with their customers, with their community? Yeah, I think it's a tricky one as I, I do feel like the risk is for shoppers to shift their spend into online and, and multiples grocery delivery. Um, last year, we saw huge increases in intentions to shop online compared to 2019 levels. Um, the intention to use the convenience channel did hold at, 20, um, at 19%, but I do think that retailers will still need to do more to either di differentiate and show off their own benefits to shopping in-store versus online multiples. And, and one way to do that is through community. And we know that the consumer demand for delivery is there. And that's where I think convenience stores have done really, really well to prove they can have the best of both worlds here. They can serve the community through on-demand communities. And we've seen so many feel-good stories of that throughout lockdown. And on-demand convenience has just gone from strength to strength. So I think that over Christmas, it's not going to be any different. Last year, we saw that 6% of convenience shoppers use one of these platforms over Christmas, New Year, and a further 2% use Click and Collect. So I think that delivery will be a really key area. It's a growing area of convenience and should be a really strong focus for retailers and suppliers in 2021 as well. Well, I, I, 
I agree. I absolutely agree with what Blani said. Um, a good retailer should use any opportunity to reach out to their community. Um, last year, we saw some tremendous examples of doing that of community initiatives. Um, Premier retailer uh, Tahir Ali, he organized gifts to be given out in his estate and set up a socially distanced Santa's Grotto in a store for local children because they're, they're weren't, they weren't being run and some children will could miss out on it um, obviously restrictions they won't be as tough as last year but there's no reason why something similar can't be done um, These it, a good idea is still a good idea whether there's a pandemic on or not and the goodwill has been built up so I mean I'd encourage retailers if they have the time and energy to do it um, use use these goodwill that you build up and consolidate it by running festive events such as gift or contact your local charity to see how you can help out good stuff good advice um we touched on it earlier but it's not just about christmas day there's the, the big build-up but there's also then the run-up to new year's eve as well um this year we're also seeing many major retailers um saying that they're planning to shut on boxing day as a sort of thank you to staff for their efforts over the course of the pandemic um is this a case of opportunity knocks for seesaw retailers? I think it's it's interesting that Susan will be closing on Boxing Day. Um, she may be in the minority when it comes to seesaw owners. Um, we ran a quick poll of retailers and it showed that just 15% would be closing on Boxing Day. Um, there are, of course, two sides to it. Um, with the multiples closing, there will be an opportunity for convenience store owners. But I think they should be mindful of staff's mental health and well-being as well. As we've mentioned many times, the sector has been running hard for the past 18 months. And maybe retailers could speak to their staff, engage interest in working on Boxing Day because it will suit some people. And then plan accordingly. They don't even have to open the entire day to reap the benefits. So they could get the best of both worlds on this. Definitely. And you can tell from Susan's interview that it's not an easy decision um, because you will be turning away all those main shop missions, the top up missions associated with higher spends. I think the other thing that is so critical is we always see much more impulse shopping around this time. Um, so impulse purchases already see quite a big Christmas uplift. So last year, chilled foods were key impulse item over both Christmas and New Year periods. And it's all really strong opportunity for convenience. But I think that it does need to be balanced with uh, respect for your staff and, and engaging whether they're um, as, as committed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting, of course, that um, it's probably not lost that so this year's Boxing Day falls on a Sunday. Um, I've been very surprised if a lot of these supermarkets uh, decided to close on a, on a weekday or a Saturday. Um, so uh, we'll see if this, this persists in future years. Um, I'm afraid, really, that's all we've got time for in this episode. Um, so uh, I think uh, thank you again to my co-hosts, Blonnie and Aidan, and to you, the listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe via your chosen podcast streaming platform and see you next month. And of course, if it's not too early to say so to all convenience retailers out there, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. <laughs>